Welcome back to another week of Church is Stupid. Comma, but. Uh, today with us, we have myself, Ruth. Hi, everybody. I am Andy, returning as always. Hello, everyone. I'm Elijah. I am returning as sometimes. Yes, as sometimes. As sometimes. <laughs> Very well Missed put. a couple of crucial weeks in there, and yeah. it'll be all the time. It's true. It's true. Some have said those were our best weeks. Some of us said I'm that we haven't the, had some best weeks. I'm going to need the data on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being mean. Anyhow. You have a source for that info? <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> Google.me. Uh, <laughs> it's a search engine of my mind, actually. And, well, I searched it. <laughs> it's blank on a lot of topics, but not this one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So this week, we're going to be exploring one of the very fun, controversial topics of the church and... Money. You have more enthusiasm for this than, <laughs> than than you wanted to to hear. Well, money is an interesting topic, and especially in like when you talk about it in a social scenario, mm-hmm. because a lot of people are very I don't know what the word I'm looking uncomfortable? for uncomfortable. Yeah, very uncomfortable talking about money. It's this. It's true. It's this thing that not to be this person who's like society man but but you're totally being but society, society has like man. has trained us to we, um yeah. not want to talk about money with other it's people true. and all we this do kind of stuff. we do live in a society we <laughs> <laughs> well we yeah. do indeed that happened we do live in a society who <laughs> are correct <laughs> i didn't even think of that <laughs> <laughs> But stop getting distracted. Go on. <laughs> you are the no. distracted. It's true. It's true. I, society has trained. Thanks, Elijah. Um, trained us not to talk about money. And one of the purposes of that initially was so that way employees wouldn't be able to tell who was getting paid more than the others. Mm. So they could essentially rip people off. Yeah. And there are a lot of jokes going around about that now and like all the things about like, yeah. The, oh, yeah. The, yeah. I'm not um, going to get into all of it. Well, and in particular, it was uh, it it kept people from demanding raises. Mm-hmm. So, so from a financial standpoint, it was something that would, while not great, um, would increase the profit of the company because they could pay people less to do the same job, and nobody would ever know. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm actually one of those people who is totally like forgets that that's a social like no no. Mm-hmm. And I talk about money all the time. I talk about how much, like, if you want to know how much I make, I will tell you. I have no shame. But part of that, I mean, also, for me as a pastor, my my salary is public information. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know how much I make, you just look at our charge conference forms. Is, is my salary public information? I don't think so. Okay, great, because I don't even know how much I make. <laughs> That's not great, Andy. No, it's That's really not. That's not great. Um, but... Yeah, and I actually I found out that it was a taboo subject when I was working in um, a pharmacy down in Kentucky, and I was talking with my the pharmacist. I was pharmacy tech, and I was just curious, and I like totally didn't think anything of it. I was like, "How much do you make as a pharmacist?" And she kind of stops what she's doing, and she's like, "If it was anybody but you, Ruth, I might be a little bit offended, but since it's you, let's talk about it." And I was like. Okay, I'm sorry. I forget that that's a weird thing to talk about. Um, I, I think I signed on for being poor the minute I decided to become a pastor. It was just kind of I knew I was never going to be raking in the dough. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And so money's never meant much to me, which is actually a privilege in its own, in and of itself because I've always had enough. Mm-hmm. So I've never had to worry about money. Um, and so I think that that's something that I also sometimes forget is that part of that comes from that that privilege of always being able to meet the bills and never having to think, where's my next like meal coming from or yeah. anything like that. Right. So yeah. anyhow, there, yeah, there's a lot of sensitivity about about money and you see all of those things like money can't buy you happiness and all of that fun stuff and i saw something really great the other day that was like money can't buy you happiness is something that's really saying the uncontrolled uh, accumulation of wealth won't get you happiness but having enough <laughs> it shouldn't be something to beat people down who don't have enough because hmm. how can you uh, not being happy when you can't find like enough money to pay for a meal for your family mm-hmm. doesn't make you a bad person. But that's something that there are churches that will preach on that particular subject. And for me, that leans into some of the big ways that the church mishandles money and doesn't do a great job. Impossible. There are zero examples of such a thing. Never happened. Well, no. You see, <laughs> funny story about I'm that. pretty sure when people think of the church and money handling, they think of how responsible and, and uh, yeah, how amazing we are with it. I think that's yeah, right. Yeah, this well, is complete sarcasm right now. By the way, I've heard I've heard a couple of interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just going to breeze. Made past the room really your, uh, quiet. Yeah. yeah. Just going to be breeze past. I'm trying to that. just bring us back down to reality. Um, I think one of my Sorry, back to reality. exactly <laughs> back to <Okay>. reality. <laughs> nope, you can continue okay. with your point. Sorry, so, um, <laughs> what the first time that I really encountered this problem of like the church and how the church handles money was when I was listening to an old Christian radio show, and uh, some of you might might be able to relate to listening to old Christian talk shows. Hmm. And the topic for that particular day was about um, there was a church that was having a group of homeless people sleep on their lawn. Mm -hmm. And in a church-like fashion, they kicked them out uh, every every night. Um, And then... Slowly over time, somebody was there who was there developed like a heart for that ministry and they built showers in their church and they started to house these people instead Mm of kicking them out every day, which was a, for for me, it was a cool redemption story because obviously I'm not in favor of said first thing that happened. Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest, the smile on your face when you first mentioned it. You've given me. You've given oh me. my gosh! It's because I'm uncomfortable, man. Oh, okay. I smile when I'm uncomfortable. Smiles, yeah. So the um, church built showers, yes. So anyhow, the topic for that day was whether or not it's wrong to kick homeless people off of your church lawn, and the host for that day, who I will not name, um, was talking. He he made a point of saying. There's no need because you tithe your 10% and that's what God asks of you. So tithe your 10% and you don't have to do anything else. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, and I, I think I was like eight. And mm-hmm. I was in the car with my dad and I flipped 
because I, that's so unreasonable to me to, to be seeing that 10%. But that 10% tithing number gets thrown around. I love that the culmination of the entirety of Jesus' ministry and the gospels that it's he preached. Tithe 10%. It's tithe 10%. When, it, when, when the rubber actually hits the road and you actually have to make a decision of whether or whether or not to help someone in need, sometimes people just go down to the, well, no, I pay 10% to the church, therefore... Therefore, I've covered my bases. Therefore, I've, I've, I am doing what Jesus wants me to do. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the other one that people like to use is the story of the widow who gave her last two pennies, essentially, right, to, right. Um, into this offering when all the rich men were making, as they said, it was sort of, I think, this is probably terrible to say, but it reminds me of the noisy offerings. <laughs> Where where people pass around, they tried to make as much noise as possible with mm-hmm. all of their mm-hmm. money, Change, right. and to make the big show of like, look how much I've donated. I'm such a great person. That's what's happening in this story in this scripture. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Not not saying that's what happens in a noisy offering. In every noisy um, offering, yeah. But as as this Sorry. happens, this widow comes up and gives the only thing that that she has. And Jesus commends that action. And a lot of times people use that as a way to say, see, even if you're poor, you should be giving all that you can to the church. And how do, when it's really actually a story about the rich people accumulating their wealth selfishly yeah. and the shame that the widow was being held under. Right. And all of these things lead up to this really poor understanding of money especially from a Christian church perspective. And one of the things, um, I, I, Andy, you work on second our, our online service here, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I've refused to put in it is an offering. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I don't think that people should, should give to churches. I feel like if you're called to give to a church, awesome. But what an offering has turned into for a lot of people, I think my age and significantly un- younger, like Andy, since he won't let me get away with saying our age, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> we've been really turned off by that, that shame factor of money, by that idea that if you don't give your ten- 10%, then you're not really being a good Christian. And there are just times in your life where you don't have enough money. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with being in, in need. But we've made it that way. And that comes from the ever-so-fun prosperity gospel. Yes, yes. And here we go. Are we going to get a history lesson now? Yes, we can get a history lesson now. <laughs> Since I've already talked for the first 10 minutes, I might as oh, yes. well keep mm. going, you know, while I'm on a hot streak. Give me a, a quick rundown of what the prosperity gospel is now so, and what it looks like now, I, I would say. before Prosperity gospel is this, um, just because of, I have to put my opinion out there, horrendous gospel message that is not um, really gospel. But anyhow, anyhow, I digress. Um, The prosperity gospel is the idea that if you are a true Christian and you are doing what God wants, then you will be blessed financially um, with uh, physical things, physical goods. Mm -hmm. And if you are not giving to the church or if you don't get something that you want and you have prayed for, then that means something is wrong with your spiritual life. Yeah. And so you need to fix it. 
Okay. Uh, and so when it comes down to a theological basis, they usually use things like God wants to bless you. Or if you mm-hmm. ask anything in my name, it will be provided to you, which are scriptures, mm-hmm. but they're twisted in such a way to make it seem like God is this magic genie yeah. who's just going to give you anything you want. He's not. Sorry, Andy. I hate to oh. burst your bubble. <laughs> oh, boy. I've been rubbing le- every lamp in this church trying to... <laughs> well, there's your problem. <laughs> Do we really have any lamps I don't think we church? have any lamps in this church. <laughs> there really aren't. Um, but it's this, this whole premise that the accumulation of wealth is a good thing, and it shows how great you are. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have such big, um, pa- such such big pastors who make so very, very much money, whose names I will not call out, <laughs> but often start with J. Anyhow, um, I actually sorry, I, I'm gonna. I had a class on this like, yeah, this last <laughs> week, um, talking about this idea that I think was put forward by uh, philosopher Weber, Weber. I don't remember how to pronounce it. It's a German. Um, okay. I'll just judge you for it from a distance. Continue. Well, if you know, then you could have sounded no. off with, okay. Yeah, no, fair <laughs> no. enough. Um, I'm fine where but I am. <laughs> talking about these, uh, the, and I know this is where you're going, uh, televangelist uh, yep. ministries, um, and that there are certain pastors and if you're looking for more information about it, uh, Stephen Colbert has a hilarious video on televangelism that uh, covers all of these um, pastors and all of the different things that they've done with all of their money. And uh, one of them is talking about uh, this pastor who bought a plane for the church. Uh, for, for the church. For the church. <laughs> yeah. And is only <laughs> supposed to be used for church ministries. And He's I using the plane in Jesus' name, okay? Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yep. The lightning. Um, Sorry. <laughs> and uh, during like the interview process with that pastor, the, he had felt called out, and so he was like, my congregation is even willing to buy me a second plane. <laughs> I, I just, what everyone needs. I laughed, okay, because everybody plane. needs a second plane. Yeah. I'm still working on my first, but. <laughs> you don't even have working. one yet? <laughs> I'm still working on my car. I got like car. a little toy one. Um. <laughs> well, in, yeah, and so when I actually, it, the prosperity gospel is very, very tempting. Mm-hmm. Because it hands back control. It hands back control to people. So essentially, one, it gets rid of that guilt on people who've accumulated wealth because why would they feel guilty when it's a blessing from God? Mm -hmm. They don't have to feel bad about not putting the wealth elsewhere. Hmm. And two, it gives people hope that they can get out of their situations like real, real situations, real, like real, really, yeah. yeah, some some really hard situations. Because if they just give enough money to the church, then that happens. And what ends up yeah. happening is the exploitation mm-hmm. of these people. So the pastors who have their second planes mm-hmm. are take the the money is coming from these people who genuinely believe that if they give their last paycheck to this thing, then suddenly they'll be blessed in this huge way. And that's just not how the gospel... That's not the gospel message. We're really we're really not even exaggerating with this either. I no, mean, that's of course literally it's not how every, it goes. Of course it's not every single person who's involved in, in a church like that is giving literally their last paycheck, but 
It's it's but much more are. common than you may think. I mean, and it, it can be easy in in moments of of maybe like anger when we're talking about this to equivalent everyone who's part of those churches with the people who have lots and lots of wealth. But yeah. it's it's definitely a, a broader demographic than just those people because it consists of those people as well as people who are, like you were saying, having very, very real financial struggles who think that the best and maybe the only way that they can ever get out of it is to cripple themselves even more in the name mm-hmm. of like that church because of the things they're being taught. Well, essentially, it's like an investment. Yeah. And I had the disprivilege of attending a prosperity church one Sunday when I was in Guatemala on a school trip. And I kid you not, this is the only name I will say, the guy's name was Cash. Like, honest to goodness. Honest to goodness. I won't say, say more than that. Sounds like he was rolling in it. Um, well, and, and this, this particular evangelist was very, very popular in, in Guatemala mm. and in um, a lot of countries over there. So the problem is that Guatemala is a place where there is really no middle class. Mm-hmm. It's really very much more upper class and poor. And so the people who were attending this church were not so much the upper class. Yeah. And there was honest-to-goodness parts during the service where they would they would say things like, if you give your money, you will be blessed within this, this long of time. Like, within this week, you will find some sort of, as long like as you believe, but it always comes with the caveat, as long as you believe hard enough. It's like mm-hmm. a fortune cookie, but they're really, really, really trying to sell it to you and See, get you to my give mind, them money. <laughs> my mind went to like those Facebook posts where it's like, uh, Here's like the this for yep. this oh, child yeah. to survive cancer right. kind the of thing. The old Facebook, um, yeah. Ye old Facebook. Um, Which I don't even, th- no offense to the people who are making those except offense. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, but actually, what do they get out of that? <laughs> like the person who's who's making those, like, do you get fake fame for? I don't. Well, I think the thing is, again, the people who believe the hardest in this are the people who are not benefiting from it. Mm-hmm. Are the people who are being exploited because they really? I mean, it's eventually if you do it all the time, something you might find like. A two dollar bill on the side of the road, or something. I don't know. Hmm. Why did I choose the one dollar bill that they don't really make anymore? But whatever. Um, because they're rare and they're worth more than two dollars. I think they're worth they're, like two dollars and a cent. I was now. gonna say, are they worth but more than two dollars? Not think much so. more, but I think they're worth. Um, the, yeah, okay. I don't know much about money. But anyhow, <laughs> it's it's this very dangerous mentality that's permeated. And and again, those are the pastors that t- are on TV that tend to be the, the faces mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. what Christianity in America and in uh, the rest of the world th- that they see mm-hmm. is these yeah. pastors who can afford to take a private jet to all of these places while their congregation members are struggling to afford rent. Mm-hmm. And then they shame the people who are struggling to afford rent because it allows them... I mean, again, it creates this hierarchy. Yeah. It creates this hierarchy of pretending like, oh, yeah, we're... We're so much better than you because we've been blessed. It's not our fault that we just have more faith than you. It's just the way it is. And it's really hard to watch. And as somebody, 
I, I personally am in the church, but I can't imagine being outside the church and seeing that happen. And especially you go even one step further and you, you find out churches, they don't pay taxes they, with their 501c3s. They don't pay taxes on donations. Um, there are other situations where they do, but that's a whole other story for a whole other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to see why people get really upset mm-hmm. about the church and money. And in particular, donating to a church that you don't see any mission work coming out of. So... Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. That, that's the hard thing. Taking, taking an actual, honest look at the missions that a church does or mm-hmm. doesn't do, because you kind of have to look at those things directly. I would say if you're trying to actually gauge <laughs> if if they're handling their money in a uh, we'll just say Christ-like fashion for the most part. Well, and, a, and as a pastor, I have had people who treat my job as a pay-to-play job. Hmm. I've had people who have said things like. Well, I pay you, so of course you need to be providing me this service. Right. And it's that that's the expectation is I pay for this service for me, not I pay I donate money to a church for Mission these work. things. Um yeah. and that's become kind of the conception of what church and how the church handles their money. And this comes from I mean the churches, like I said, had problems with this for forever. If we find the story of Jesus in the temple. What does he do? He walks into the temple, and he sees all of these people who are, cha- are taking advantage of other people, and he flips the table. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he is mad. He's not happy. And it's probably one of the, I mean, that's the angriest, I think, we see Jesus in Scripture. I think so, yeah, for like sure. flipping tables. Um, and... Then we go forward, you know, or it, it's hard for me to think of the fact that early churches didn't really rely on money or income hmm. fr- from the church itself. Like, Paul was a tent maker, which was literal. That's why sometimes you'll hear that term thrown around for, like, pastors being tent makers, because Paul literally made tents to make money to support the ministries yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Okay, ever. well, yeah, I'm a pastor, so well, I hear it. good to know that Paul was a tent maker. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the random fact of the day, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Well, anyhow, all that to say though, that's yeah. And and when Jesus was out on their ministries, or on his ministries, um, they didn't really take money with them. So I guess they did rely on on help and support from other people. Hmm. And again, what was the great temptation that led Judas to fall? Money. Money. Then we have the medieval church again, which is probably my favorite to pick on, <laughs> but it's because it's so easy. Yeah, they make it really, really easy. Yeah. Um, that would sell these things called indulgences, and they accumulated enough wealth and power and control that they were the ones in charge for a very long time. And indulgences basically were, if you give me a certain amount of money, you can pay ahead of time to sin. Have fun. You have a golden ticket to, to, to indulge one yourself. free get-out-of-sin card. And as as time went on... Because it's not really getting out of sin, but rather excuse... Whatever. I thought it was clever in the well, moment. One of the reasons why I tried. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist and Wesleyan denominations, was really angry at the church was because they weren't doing the work of the church. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so he was really, really, like, stringent with money. 
he had a couple of quippy sayings that he would use to to um, encourage people to. They were the goal was you make as much money as you can, you save money, but you also give as much as you can. So you're not supposed to. You take care of your family first, yeah. Then you give to your community, and then you work outside. So, like, the, the circle gets wider every time. Mm-hmm. But you're never supposed to keep it to yourself. Yeah. It's, is, is it sort of the idea that you don't, you don't keep everything for yourself while willingly neglecting those around you, mm-hmm. but you also don't cripple yourself and your yes. family for the sake of hoping that that yes. brings back something for you? Or, or, yes, yeah. and this is important. Because, because taking care of your family is, is an actual important thing. Yes. Yeah. I what? know it's shocking, um, but well, yeah, as, no, no. It, but as that's blatant and that, as obvious as it sounds, yeah. if you go back to some of these other examples of in the past and even now, like these televangelists who are genuinely saying, if you give as like everything, if you basically cripple yourself, you're yeah. investing in something in the future, and because you're investing in in God, you know, you'll definitely get it back. And if you don't, it's because you did something. Mm-hmm. So as obvious as like, yeah, taking care of your family sounds. Some people who are so desperate, I mean, we're, we're privileged and fortunate enough to not be in that mm-hmm. state of, de- of financial desperation, but some people who are don't, don't know what to do, and they turn to these, these ultra-mega-rich televangelists who are telling you to give to them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, some, well, some people don't know what to do. And there's know? a level of guilt, again, that comes with, yeah. with this idea of tithing that 10% in particular or giving all that you can that if you use that money to take care of your family you should feel shame or guilt for that right because you're not putting god first yeah and that's completely unfair mm-hmm. that's completely unfair it sounds like an over exaggeration but you'd be, but, but you'd there be, is there's a lot of shame you'd be very very shocked at at the level of uh, how blatant some of those some of those pastors are when it comes mm-hmm. to like shaming people for not giving what they want them to give well and in an ironic twist of things when when the methodist church began yeah wesley's financial advice was actually pretty good and so most of the t- he he was growing up in really really like a poor london place his father right. was actually thrown in debtor's jail multiple multiple times um, and he oh, borrowed money. Okay. Yep, yep. He borrowed money from the bishop multiple times uh, that he couldn't pay back. Okay. And yeah. so he grew up in a financially unstable situation, mm-hmm. and so he was very financially consistent. Mm-hmm. And so he was growing up where, where there was a big problem in the London streets of a lot of poor people, a lot of poor families, and he was able to take a lot of these poorer families as they joined the Methodist movement would become middle class families. Hmm. because in part of his financial advice. And so it became this sort of ironic, the Methodist movement started as like a poor movement hmm. and ended as like this middle class movement. Interesting. Okay. So it's a really weird like twist in the, in the history of, of, in particular, our church and money, yeah. that, that this is what happened. But all of that leads up into the way that we perceive money now. And leads into the way that the prosperity gospel has has seeped into and tempted so many people. Because the idea, mm-hmm. it's it's essentially it's worked before, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, 
now staring at me like I'm crazy. Was that too too well, much of a history? Think, no, 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 no. I think we kind of roundabouted sort of back to where we were, and now now we're near the end of the podcast, and I'm trying to think of how to. We are coming up. near the end of the podcast, but we have a lot of interesting things to talk about still when it comes to money. Yeah, such as like. I'm yeah. gonna put this so out many there. Things. Um, yeah. Tithing Sundays, um, which are mm-hmm. very interesting, and I'm gonna say, dare say, we probably talk about in our next episode because we're running yep. lower on time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we also have this uh, short history of the um, offering kind of thing that uh, that you, you you began to bring up the, mm-hmm. the whole idea of paying in advance for um, for sinning, which. Then became, yeah, yeah. Uh, which then became, uh, I believe, in the Catholic Church in like the fifties, there was this idea of after you had sinned and you came to confession, it didn't matter what the sin was that you could uh, pay for it to just go away, go away basically, Um, and so it became that afterthought of after I've sinned, Mm -hmm. oh, gotta go pay. When you could buy an indulgence after as well, it's yeah, same. Sort of weird thing. Anyhow, sorry. Yeah, no, it was just it was it's it's a point that it brings up more discussion because mm-hmm. it's yeah it is you could go much deeper with it yeah because this yeah. idea of paying away your sin is something very interesting and I dare say maybe we talk about that next time because we yeah. are running low on time. I agree. Yeah, and maybe we'll also dive into the idea of um, you know like personal personal uh, reasons that to actually give if mm-hmm. you actually are feeling compelled to give. Because um, we didn't mean to make a whole episode saying you don't have to give, or not not even that. We didn't mean to make a whole episode saying that the idea of giving to a church in any single instance means that you're always being corrupted or taken mm-hmm. advantage of. But unfortunately, it happens. It actually is that way so yeah. much. So maybe maybe in the next one we can talk about. Well, and I um, think the basics you know. of that, just to put it in this episode, is yeah, d- do your research. Absolutely, kind of like, absolutely. Don't 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 be pressured into it. Yeah, with anything when sure. it comes to money, do your research. Before. You shouldn't be pressured by anyone, including a church. Yep. Um, well, and and it's okay to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and your family. hundred yeah, percent. You, I get it. Mm-hmm. I've I've been there. You know. I mean, me and Elijah. We live on my salary and my salary alone, um, mm-hmm. and our one-year-old daughter. And that's what supports us. So mm-hmm. I totally get it. Yeah. So on that note, yeah. uh, a little bit of a sadder note to end on, I guess. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> Stay tuned for the Thursday one where I think we could, we'll we be able to close it up a little better. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hopefully. Um, for all of us here at Church is Stupid. Come about I was taking a drink. I'm so sorry. I, you're okay. Elijah could have jumped in, but yeah, he didn't on, want Elijah. to. You never jump I'm not, in. Uh, it's you. It's your thing. Excuse me very much. You could be a part of the gang if you wanted to be a part uh, of the gang. I'm Elijah. Uh, <laughs> we weren't there yet, but yeah. I want to thank you all for listening uh, to this episode for the week after Valentine's Day. We didn't even talk about holidays and that kind of a thing for oh, money. Oh, yeah, I forgot That's about That's an interesting one. Valentine's, um, Schmelentines. That's what I say. Anyhow, from all of us here at Church is <laughs> Stupid. Comma, but. I'm Ruth. I'm Andy. Uh, I'm Elijah. Have a great week.